You're listening to Radio Influence. As America's zone coach, premier thought leader, and the world's number one coach of champions, Jim Fannin is the go-to person. He has guided the careers of the best pro athletes from 10 sports and business executives from 50 industries. He has coached individuals, families, relationships, and students in simplifying and balancing their lives for more than 40 years. From winning Wimbledon, the World Series, and a gold medal, to losing 68 pounds, saving lost marriages, or overcoming financial ruin, Jim Fannin has been behind the scenes guiding individuals through the intricate process of peak performance. His success tools are not just for the superstar. They're designed to help you reach your full potential as you tap into life's most successful mindset, the zone. And now, please welcome the coach of champions and America's zone coach, Jim Fannin. Hello, everybody. This is Jim Fannin. Welcome to the Jim Fannin Show. I'm with my sidekick, Seth. Hey, Seth. Hello, and man, what a week. We have some amazing performances on the field that we're going to get into. And then it's all about the letters today, AAA, which stands for? We all need AAA in an emergency. I'm not talking about your roadside assistance card that you call up uh, when your uh, battery dies or you run out of gas. AAA is for anybody. It's adapt, adjust, and adhere. Adapt to the conditions. Adapt to the situation. Could be the weather. Could be a formal situation versus informal. But you need to adapt. Uh, You also need to adjust. That means change tactics. Sometimes even complete strategies. Make an adjustment. Change your behavior. Pick the pace up. Slow the pace down. And then last, you must adhere to the principles of you. Uh, You're not going to do anything to lie because that's against your principles. Adhere to your principles, your character. But you also need, Seth, to adhere to a blueprint, AAA. We're going to dive deeper into how we do this in our lives. But first, of course, we always start with, you know, this being the most positive show on the planet, some of the standout performances that we see in sports, in business, in culture, and man, uh, three just monster, monster performances. You know, of course, we record the uh, show two days before it actually gets to you, so odds are that that the story is going to be a little different on the outcome of uh, the World Series, no matter what we say. But we saw something and kept seeing it and seeing it and seeing it and seeing it in the World Series that was truly special. Like, you saw history if you watched, what was it, five hours and 17 minutes? 17 minutes. minutes. I, I, I still am sleep-deprived. <laughs> I, I had to take a nap the day after. I'm talking about the World Series. I'm talking about the Houston Astros versus the uh, L.A. Dodgers. Uh, what a game that was. Uh, they had the number one pitcher uh, in baseball. Some say Frank Thomas won a... One of my buddies uh, said on the air, pound for pound, the greatest pitcher ever, possibly. Uh, but Kershaw's leading 4 nothing shutout. Looks like it's over for the Astros. Playing in Minute Maid Park in Houston. Game 5, crucial Game 5. 2-2. Two, two, uh, each uh, team has won two games. Uh, game 5 is really a, a big-time game-changer for the whole series. Next thing you know... Here's a three-run home run. 
another home run, 4-4. And after the game, I'm exhausted. It's 1 in the morning, and I believe that's central time in the morning. Uh, 13-12, Astros win on a walk-off base hit uh, by the third baseman Bregman. A zone performance. More home runs hit in this game than anything. Uh, I talked to the uh, hitting coach who's led this uh, number one offensive team, hitting team in baseball the whole season. I talked to him uh, about this game. We're going to have him on the show in a couple of weeks when the dust clears. He said his team was locked in the zone and that he knew. He didn't even believe, didn't even expect. He knew every guy was going to make a difference. They were not only locked in, uh, their eyes were dilated. They were single-purposed. Uh, they adapted to the situation and stayed loose. That's been their theme all year. They adhered to that, be loose, have fun, and uh, what a performance. Uh, at this uh, broadcast, we don't know who's going to win, but I'll tell you this, both teams both teams have been in the zone. What a great World Series. And not every World Series features two teams in the zone, and nobody hates that more than you know, the TV broadcasters because the public tunes out when it, you get into one of those, you know, playoff games where it's like a complete landslide. It's like, oh, okay. this is this is two heavyweight boxers just throwing haymakers at each other. And until the very end, you don't know how it's going to finish. You don't know tell. how it's going to finish. And you now believe uh, and you expect either team's going to come back. So a 4-0 lead is not safe with either of these two offenses. These are the two best teams in baseball. That doesn't always happen for a World Series. So what a zone experience for the fans. Uh, I'm I'm still exhausted. (laughs) Let's shift over to the NBA, you know, because we got football in full swing. We got baseball uh, that is gripping the headlines because it's so compelling. You might have missed a guy, and I kind of said, you know, nothing nothing personal, Mr. Gordon, but Aaron Gordon on the Orlando Magic. I'm like, who? Power forward, big man, 41 points against the Nets, including 5-4-5 five, five from the three-point line. You know, I, I'm 6'6", six, six, so I was a little, I was kind of a small big man in college, right? But I, forwards and centers are not on the whole known for just having that really sweet outside shot. And Aaron Gordon just made the league sit up and take notice and the Orlando Magic have, too. And everybody was saying, oh, well, you know, what do you got out of the East? Cleveland, and that's pretty much it. Uh, these guys have proven that, you know, what the media says about you in the pre-se- preseason rankings doesn't have to be true. Well, uh, the Magic's in the zone. Aaron Gordon, of course, we're going to follow him more closely now. We're going to see if he can back that up with other zone performances. You know, you're on the big stage. People are taking notice. You're on our show of being in the zone. Uh, so we're looking forward to seeing, uh, can Aaron Gordon stay there? And speaking of who's not in the zone, the Cleveland Cavaliers have not been in the zone, uh, trying to have LeBron James uh, uh, put the team on his back. Here we go again, yeah. but there's a lot of talk. I know they're going to be there in the playoffs. There's no question. Kevin Love has not been in the zone. Uh, and uh, Derek Rose is not in the zone. So this team is not really gelled yet. They haven't zoned in as a team with their defense, with their offense, but it is LeBron. He's his own <laughs> performer, and I suspect that uh, he'll have some private meetings with the boys in the locker room, 
and they'll get on the same page quickly. I, I don't know if you want to comment just off the cuff on LeBron became a much more zone performer, you know, I would say four or five years into his his career because he used to be the guy that kind of didn't want the ball when when the game was on the line, particularly in the playoffs. He, you know, seemed to be more nervous and he found, you, you know, if I'm getting the phrasing right here, that calm, cool, collected place, he found that in the middle of the chaos of the fourth quarter. Uh LeBron James has always been a scorer. He, he's always a game changer. I'm not sure that he gets nervous, but he is concerned about the other players on his team. He did defer and try to pass more. In fact, he's even played point guard this year, which is, you know, a point guard that big with that kind of skills is pretty, I'm not sure <laughs> any other point guard would want to guard him, and I'm not sure they could guard him. But he's he's got a constant challenge. He's his own performer. Uh, am I a point forward? Am I a true point guard? He's whatever he needs. But the one thing we know about LeBron, he's a leader. He's vocal. Uh, he'll make a stand. Uh, he'll go up against the owner. He'll 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 speak his mind. And I think more importantly, love him, hate him. There's one thing I know he's going to do. He positively influences the players around him. Uh, so they, they will be better because of him. Can we go back to kind of a classic Jim Fannin moment here? I believe it was the 1997 Cleveland Indians, actually. You know, same it, city, different sport. That You were coaching I, nine I, guys on the team, right? I guys? spent a lot of time in Cleveland. I know Cleveland pretty well. <laughs> I bet you do. I do. Can you take me inside the clubhouse there? Because, man, 162-game baseball season, there's going to be moments where the team doesn't like each other. Right, and I'm not saying that's what's going on with the Cavs, but when you talked about LeBron, you know, showing his leadership here. Well, look at the Bulls. Look at the Bulls. They they just had a uh, uh, with Meritech, uh and um, oh, yeah, uh, you know, they just had an altercation. Uh, Bobby Portis uh, knocked uh, Meritech knocked him out, gave him a concussion, knocked him. I mean, with a five man roster for you know the starters. Uh, to have someone like that uh, be on the uh, the injured list yeah. because of a fracas, it happens. Tensions flare. People get frustrated. I know with the Indians in 97, I never heard anyone on that team. They went all the way to the seventh game of the World Series. I didn't hear one player talk about another team. That's one. I never heard another player talk about anything negative about the manager uh, who was Hargrove uh, was the manager at that time never heard of negativity never heard any player on that team 25 man roster talk about the past you know I sucked last night or uh, you know hitting their uh, the water cooler with their bats and being frustrated I never saw it and it was refreshing because I've been in every locker room and I'd seen all kinds of uh, fights uh, I, I've seen yelling, I've seen blame, uh, I've seen pretty much everything in the locker room that's not good. So to finally go to a team, they had one mission. I, I think their mission may have been a little uh, off. Their mission was to get to the World Series, and they did, and they accomplished their mission. I, I, looking back, maybe the mission should have been to win the World Series, and that does make a difference. Uh, the Houston Astros... This is an extremely positive team. They support each other. They believe in each other. Uh, the manager has been amazing. Bench coach, uh, one of my guys, Alex Cora, 
He's amazing. Just signed a contract with the Boston Red Sox as their new manager. That's awesome. Dave Hudgens, who we're going to have on the show. What a positive guy. Houston is extremely positive. And then you go in the other locker room, the Dodgers are positive. They really are. From man to man, everybody knows their role. Uh, And that's why this is a great series. So I've seen this in teams not too often. But how about your company? Can, can your company, how about your family? Is your family in the zone? Well, I was going to say that... Is your company in the zone? It's very easy to, especially with pro athletes, judge pro athletes for uh, like airing their grievances in press conferences, right? Because, I mean, you flip on any of the big sports channels this week, you throw a rock at sportsillustrated.com, you're going to find somebody that was upset at their coach, upset at a fellow player... That dealt with it through the media without uh, ever the Texans to uh, upset with their owner. How about that? Yeah, you know he made a statement about the inmates uh, running the prison. Well, that didn't sit well, and and they bonded. They called him out too. Yeah. Uh, the owner apologized. These things uh, should they happen? No. Do they happen? Yes. What do you do? As an individual, you need to control what you can control. You need to adhere to the plan, your personal plan, and how you fit into the scheme of things. But you got to constantly make adjustments, and you constantly need to adapt. And that's what the best of the best, that's what they're really great at. Uh, A lot of people have talent, but a lot of people don't adjust that talent. And that's what the Astros have done with their hitting. They adjusted to Kershaw. They adjusted to his style. They started looking first pitch because he was throwing first pitch strikes. And they started attacking. Uh, And also, I I have to tell you, it all starts at the top. It really does. If the the top person in a family, uh, the head of the family, uh, the top person in the company, top person in a sports organization, they've got to have a blueprint of how they want to play, uh, what the character of the team will be, what they'll tolerate, what they won't tolerate, um, kind of the rules of the road. Uh, are we going to wear a tie when we travel, or are we not going to wear a coat and tie? Yeah. All of those things matter. Uh, it helps with discipline. And then the players. You know, the players have to um, look in the mirror and control what they can control and uh, one of the th- hardest things to control is your mouth and uh, talking and bashing everybody. That's not easy to control all the time. Yeah, let me ask you about that because, I mean, th- that's just amazing to me. You mentioned three World Series teams, you know, looking inside of them. No gossip, no backbiting, you know, no kind of sideways insults. It's just people pulling towards a common goal, right, and supporting each other, whether that's your family or whether that's your job. Man, you want that, right? Like everybody wants that, and oftentimes you got to admit you're your own, you know, kind of you're your own perpetrator. That like you're the one that slides into negativity. But even when you're not, how do you elevate the rest of the people around you? You know, that could be a sales team, that could be the rest of your department. How do you help elevate them to a place where everybody's pulling together and not sliding into, oh man, you know, we missed our sales goal again. Well, you know. If this guy hadn't, you know, messed up an order or something like that, we'd be there. I, I How think, do we stay focused? I, I, I think again, it it starts at the top. 
you need to have a vision. You know, there was a study years ago uh, with 1,000 executives in the Fortune 500, and the question was, what do you value uh, as important in your company? What, what values do you really have on the importance uh, of the company and your being in that company? Number one, I'm an integral part of something greater than myself. 25 men on the Dodgers roster, each one feels they're an integral part. And some have had to sacrifice playing time. Uh, Ethier, who's all been a star, the longest tenured player uh, on, on the team, uh, he's sacrificed uh, by having a diminished role. But when he comes in, you know, he's an integral part of something greater than himself. And, and then the second thing is you want to be appreciated. And I had breakfast with a car dealer uh, today, and we were talking about porters. Not the salespeople, not the general manager. We're talking about the porter. So I buy my car, and here comes a porter. Could be 19 years old, could be 20 years old, could be 35 years old. But here comes a porter not making that much money compared to the sales manager or the salesman. He's an integral part of that buying experience. So if you have a company, look at your receptionist. He or she, they'll bury you just on how they answer the phone. I called a public relations company to see if they wanted to do a project with me. When I got on the phone and after I hung up, I thought, they need PR. <laughs> they, they need a PR firm <laughs> to come in and help them because the the person that answered the phone had no interest. And she was it was almost like, why are you calling us? Why are you calling me? Why do you want to see him? What's this about? And and when she asked me, I was you know asking for the president of the company. She goes, what's this about? I felt like I was being interrogated. Oh, my gosh, what's this about? I, I didn't feel it was appropriate to even talk to her what it was about. I said, he'll know. It's a private matter. You know, I'm Jim Fannin. And uh, I did get through, but I thought they need PR all the way down to the cashier, to the receptionist. Everybody matters in a company. Everybody matters in your family. Now, a few shows back, we talked about Vision Night. Yeah. And Vision Night, uh, a lot of uh, families are doing this on a Sunday night. Uh, they turn the lights down. Everybody helps prepare dinner. Uh, there's the head of the family. Could be mom, could be dad, could be a, a, a co-head of the family. Everybody talks about their own vision. Everybody listens. Uh, you know, you're in candlelight. Uh, you're holding hands. You're bonding. But then at the end of that vision night where everybody shares their vision, there's a family vision of what the family brand is all about. You know, we're Fannins, or we're Smiths, or we're Herds, or we're, we're Johnsons. And what does that mean? And uh, uh, what principles do we need to adhere to? Um, again, this all starts at the top. And the great organizations, uh, when you see great performances, you don't l need to look any further from, except go to the owner or the general manager, and that's that's how the Cubs won. They they changed at the top 
before they could change at the bottom uh, of their uh, personnel. Well, and that's also how the Cubs, you know, lost for a hundred years was. They were a functional ATM machine to various owners because people love the Cubs and they'd still buy the merch and go to the games. It's like, oh, so we don't really need to be champions. And then you have Wrigley Field, the world's biggest bar. You know, it's it's awesome. (laughs) But then you you have the Ricketts family step in that buy the team and say, we're going to win the World Series. Uh, You know, and they brought in a champion. They they brought in the general manager uh, from Boston. Uh, and and he really top to bottom changed the culture, changed the thought process. They brought in character, and they brought in people that could use AAA. Everybody on their team, and and they didn't make it to uh, the World Series. Will they next year? Oh, I'm not going to count them out for the next five to ten years. Yeah. That culture is in place, and. And I think we need to learn from sports teams. Uh, apply that to state politics or city politics. It all starts at the top. Uh, U.S. politics, other country politics. Uh, it applies to every company, whether it's an international Fortune 500 or if it's a mom pa, two people uh, just starting out on, on a shoestring. You need to have a blueprint. You need to have values that you're going to stick to and adhere to, especially when the crap hits the fan. It always does. The higher you go in competition, uh, the more challenges you're going to have. Well, a quick aside on the news here, and then I, I, man, I'm looking forward to getting into some more tactics of of AAA because I had to adjust a little bit this morning, and I, I want to talk about those big moments you have to adjust off of. But the news... Obviously, this is the most positive show on the planet. Um, but man, it's been a negative news week. Um, you know, there's a lot more uh, sexual harassment stories that seem to be breaking daily. It's very easy to just kind of get lost in the. I mean, you could spend six to eight hours a day looking at the negative stuff of the world and just kind of collapsing in on yourself. I mean, easily. Well, I. You, you can. You can spend that much time. I My recommendation is. Control what you can control. Adhere to your own blueprint, your family blueprint, your personal blueprint, your work blueprint. Adhere to it. Uh, How do you adjust to negative news? Well, you become positive. Uh, You quit talking about it. And you untether emotions away from things you cannot control. Seth, you and I are not going to control the news cycle today. Uh, You and I are not going to be able to control uh, what we hear on any news outlet. We're just going to take this information, and I think this is what's happened to America. Never before in the history of our country, or the world for that matter, if we had more information coming into our brains in a short amount of time. I mean, I can be in the greatest mood possible. I look at my phone, I get an alert from a news outlet that I've I signed up for it, and it's about something negative. So I, I can't have a response to that. you got to be kidding me. What an idiot. And off I go into some diatribe uh, against it or for it. I'm now emotional. What's that got to do with me? Can I really control that narrative? Uh, 
How many people listening have yelled at your television in the last seven days? Yelled at it as if it's an entity. Yelled at it as if the people you're yelling at are actually going to hear it and they're going to make an adjustment because you're yelling. Uh, I know we need to let out emotions. I know we need to let go of stress. But negative news, negative news will turn, if you replay it, over and over and over, it will cause worry. And never before have we been bombarded with so much information from social media. Uh, even a FedEx could get there quickly overnight. Um, I think we need to manage what we can manage. I think we need to make a commitment to wake up happy, to go to sleep happy, and adjust, adapt, and adhere to everything, adhere to your principles, but adjust and adapt in between waking up happy and going to bed happy. I'll give one tool right now. This is pretty simple. And as I'm talking, I, I want everyone to adjust. I want you to change your posture right now. Just sit up in your car, sit up at your desk, sit up from the couch, wherever you're listening to this podcast, change your behavior. Sit up, raise your chin up, think positive. Changing your behavior is something you can control in seconds. Because I, I have to tell you, the zone's contagious. The flip side, I call the downs, D-O-W-N-S. It is a mild or maybe could be even severe depressed state. And we're going to vacillate between a zone state and the downs based on external information based on my own expectations being met or not being met. Uh, changing your behavior, skipping, singing, smiling, um, picking up the pace, walking a little more briskly as you go to a meeting. It's interesting. I, I took the train from suburbs of Chicago downtown, a little commuter train, goes direct. I go down in the morning, and everybody looks positive. They're reading the magazine. They're reading the newspaper. Uh, some are working on some stuff. Uh, they still kind of look zombie-like, you know, to commuting, especially the ones that are doing it every day. When I came back around 5.30, the whole demeanor of the train was completely changed. And I'm looking at everybody. I, I saw more frowns. No eye contact, no one reading anything, um, people looking kind of off into space. And I thought, holy cow, where do those people go? What were they thinking? And all they needed to do is change their behavior. Just pick, change your posture, pick the pace up. And then I thought, is everyone on the train that's negative, are they going to walk into to their house like that and drag that body language of negativity in? you got to make an adjustment. you got to adapt to the conditions and situations. Change your behavior. Come on, that's easy. We can all do that. Put that in your toolbox, Seth, and, and use it. Sometimes you just need to stand up tall, get big, put a smile on your face. If you're 6'6", six, six, Seth, you need to walk around like you're 6'8", 6'9", 6'10", you know? Well, and I had a just a real... Um, I call a pretty minor challenge this morning. 
my my wife inadvertently went to work with both sets of keys in her purse. And so I'm like, hey, I have a car, but no way to, you know, power the car. Simple mistake. That's a challenge. <laughs> That's a challenge. So not a big deal. Uh, and so then I, I, uh, I call an Uber. Okay. Still on time. Now, hold, hold up. Hold yeah. up. Were you that calm and cool? Actually, then I was. Really? Unhinged jaw? You became yeah. a palm tree? And, and, Your well, wife <laughs> took both sets of keys? You're keyless? I, I have a weekly, uh, you know, session of, of being in the zone here. So, wow. yeah, I, you know, if you go back to August of 2017, no. October of 2017, November 2017, yes. So, again, I'm, I'm fine. Uber guy, I can see on the little phone app, he's not moving. Finally call him. Hey, dude. <laughs> Can yeah. I get a ride? Chop, chop. Oh, I was smoking. I didn't, I didn't hear it. <laughs> wow. So then, you know, I, I'm I'm actually like, I'm all, the, I mean, I'm practically standing in the road because I'm expecting this guy, right? And I just put my bag down and I, and I did I did the reboot. I, I did it right there because I'm like, okay, I, I can either have, you know, I had a great first quarter of my day. You talk about splitting your days into quarters, right? Great, great first quarter that started at 5 a.m getting ready to hop in the car, do the show. And I knew that I could get stuck at that 9 a.m. moment being upset with that guy and kill the other three quarters of the day and and go to bed not happy. If and, I didn't do and, you know, almost all of us have done this. This is not this is commonplace, how we react to negative things, how we react when we have expectancy. Uh Probably the night before, you knew what time you needed to leave the house to get yeah. to where you're going. And so now reality and expectation, <laughs> they're not best friends anymore. There's a con- <laughs> You have a conflict. Um, let's talk about the reboot. If you're new to the show, the reboot's pretty much a, a 90-second rule staple. Uh, unless you're driving a car, shut your eyes, unhinge your jaw, let your tongue kind of float in your mouth, and place a dark screen in your mind, on the screen of space in your mind, see a dark screen and just be silent for a few seconds. I've had pictures in the World Series reboot and just like a computer, if you've got too many thoughts, too many negatives going into the past, reboot just like you would if you had too many programs open on your computer and you're zipping in between and starts to slow down. Sometimes it can freeze reboot your brain is like a quantum computer uh maybe pentium 4 billion but it, it it is a processor and once you reboot then change your behavior lift your chin up get big get tall and focus on the next move the next step the next play the next target in golf whatever it is Next, change your behavior. I want to get into maybe some just really gritty examples of AAA, okay? Because it's easy to think, oh, man, I'm the only person that's ever experienced this challenge. I started a business, and I'm the only person that's ever, you know, had a a client – you know, do something dishonest or, uh, you know, an employee steal from me or, or something like that. I'm the only one that's ever been here. The truth is that, you know, wherever you're at, you know, business, family, professional sports, whatever, somebody's encountered that challenge before. So you've talked about pitchers rebooting on the mount of the World Series, right? You've, yes. Um, 
I'm thinking back to some of the financial hard times because obviously 2017 is a great year overall. I mean, you know, unemployment's low. There's a lot of great things Stock going on. Stock markets up. Stock markets up. Yep. But I know that you were right there coaching some of the you know true titans of industry when 2008 hits and everybody's looking around going. Like, are we ever to recover? We're we gonna come back from this thing. Yeah, people are looking for a ledge to jump from. It, it, yeah, that that was a tough time, and, and that's a time where AAA is when it when tough times hit your wallet, hit your pocketbook, could impact paying your rent or your mortgage. Uh, the first thing that normally happens is your chest tightens up, your breathing goes from a calm six to eight, or under 10 breaths per minute, it'll get up over 20. Uh, once your breathing gets up over 20 to that adversity, uh, you'll have less oxygen coming into the brain. You'll be more chaotic. Uh, solutions are not going to be seen as readily, not as quickly, not as clearly. Uh, I think the first thing uh, in the adapt uh, to the situation or the condition, breathe. Just just lower your breathing because that's, that's not what typically is happening. Typically, you're increasing your breathing because you're, you're frustrated. You're upset. Uh, you're not happy. Uh, you're displeased. Uh, and then if you replay it a few times uh, and then you sprinkle on some imagination and project it in the future, you're panicked. Now we got some fear going on. Uh, adapt, lower your breathing, clear your mind, and then adhere to a plan. Now, if you don't have a plan to begin with, well, you might be in some serious, challenging times. Uh, you need something to adjust from. I, I rec recommend everyone have a blueprint of the day, of the week, of the month, of the year. I had another meeting this morning. It was all about 2018. It's the time when we need a blueprint for the company. I, I need a blueprint for my family. Plan it out. And, and now adjusting and uh, adapting becomes easier because you've got something to adjust from that's concrete. That makes it easier. So the first thing is make sure you do have a plan. Champions walk into the arena, Seth, and whatever it is, they've already won in their mind. They have a plan. They go B to A. They know how this needs to end for them. They see it. Uh, they have strategies. They have tactics. And then when things don't work, Pull out your AAA card, make an adjustment, adapt. Illinois, why are they great as a golf team? They play in the winter. They play in the worst conditions in the country. Why are they perennial champions? Mike Small down there in Champaign, Illinois. Why can they compete with the Californias, the Floridas? They adapt to the conditions. So if it's windy, uh, it's cold maybe a little spitting snow and everybody else from Florida and California, they're bitching and moaning about it. Illinois adapts to it, embraces it, can't wait. They hope it snows more 
because they know they're going to prevail. <laughs> they, they're, they're bad weather champions. They've adapted to the conditions of what's going on. Now, I'm going to throw a, a very challenging situation that I, I just heard about, you know, kind of a friend of a friend, right? Company that, that gets a call from their biggest client and says, hey, the product you created for us is missing a crucial piece. And so the president gets on, you know, a chartered jet and personally flies the equipment out and gets there and finds out that there's another crucial piece that somebody missed. So there were actually two pieces to the equipment not going to work. Biggest client, millions and millions of dollars on the line. If you're leading that company, where do you AAA on that? Like, you know, I mean, you get there and you find out that, okay, now we got to charter another jet because it's messed up again. That That's a, a tremendously potentially frustrating and... Uh, well, this could ruin the business. Yeah, this, it this could. could yeah, it, well, if you put all your eggs in one client basket, this could definitely take that company down. I think the key is to, as non-emotional as possible, walk around the situation, the condition, or the circumstance, look at it from every angle, not just your angle, from the other company's president angle, understand the time constraints, because time in these situations really is the zone breaker or the score breaker, if you will. You know, I need this in six hours or three hours or this needed to go out yesterday. Um, understand exactly all the parameters. And of course, that could have happened to prevent this. And then once you've walked a around a challenge and looked from every person's eyes, felt from every person's emotion, then you listen to your intuition just in case you miss something. So you have to have a clear mind here. Intuition is real-time information that your conscious mind doesn't possess. And we all have intuition, and if our mind is clear and our breathing is below 10 breaths per minute, intuition will allow you to look around a corner two blocks away or an hour from now, six hours from now, or a day from now. It allows you to do that. It allows you to see the unseen. It allows you to know things that are not possible on a conscious level to know. And I think the great leaders have that skill set. They allow their intuition to help them adjust and adapt. And that calming effect also calms down everybody else in that company I'm trying to service they're freaking out because they're getting uh, pressure from their client or whatever they need that equipment for. So first thing is breathe, walk around at 360, listen to your gut, and then leaders, this separates good leaders from great leaders, be decisive. Make a decision and do it. Blaming somebody else? Oh, that's not going to get it. You're just now telling uh, them, this is probably why we're in this situation. They're not that organized. If I'm blaming somebody else, I might as well be putting that finger right in my face blaming me. Uh, take the blame. Take the responsibility. 
Don't push it off on anybody else. Take it. You're the leader of the company. And uh, this is where great leadership really takes hold. You know, I just, if I can recap there, the three most popular tools I think I've seen employed, which is panic, screaming, and throwing your phone, didn't seem to come into that plan. Uh, swearing, yeah, that didn't come in there either. I, I mean, uh, I, I fought a long time ago, boxing, literally fought. My, my father uh, coerced me to do that. He was a professional fighter. I, I found out that he wasn't as good as I thought he was. He, <laughs> lost, he lost quite a few pro fights, but he was. And the one thing I learned from boxing was if you get hit flush in the face, the tendency is to start swinging. You hit back immediately. And I also learned that if you do that natural instinct to hit back immediately, that's how you get knocked out. So what do you do? You go calm, you cover up, make sure you got some good defense, and you just be as calm as possible and move away from the challenge. But you need to clear your head, uh, and then hopefully you'll find an opening and reverse the situation and knock the other guy out if it's a boxing match. So I think leaders today, family members today, having a reaction of yelling, screaming, blaming, those aren't leadership qualities. That's not what is going to make a family great. That's not what's going to take a family out of a negative situation that maybe one of the kids got themselves into, and it's now a family thing, not just my 15-year-old. It's involved everybody. Um, I've seen so many parents yell at their kids, uh, and the kid just tunes them out. Uh, over time, you don't even want to listen. Uh, listening increases, retention increases when I lower my voice and whisper, retention and in listening increases. So when there's a storm, a great leader brings in the calm and then points a direction of what we're going to do, where we're going to go, and how we're going to do it. And he also convinces everyone through his actions that me, I can do this. I can do my part. I'm an integral part of something greater than myself. And part of an integral part of being greater than myself is I'm an integral part of solving challenges to meet whatever visions that we have. That is one of the reasons you are there. It's one of the reasons leadership exists is because stuff like this is going to happen. Yep, it does. And and I, I think we need leadership more than ever. That's why I, I was so excited to have uh, Alex Remart, uh, who's going to be uh, uh, on our show. I'm excited. He's a young athlete, quarterback. Um, I'm excited because he's developing into a great leader. It's going to serve him well in many, many things. And, you know, if I can translate this um, into – this is a personal situation. You, you previewed this for me a bit, right? This is a personal situation that um, that Alex had to overcome. Just a bad weekend. But the way he handled it, um, I think is – I'm excited to get into this interview because I, I think it's kind of like when people say, you know – 
oh, well, if I, you know, I, I've got a kajillion dollars of credit card debt now, but if only I were rich, I wouldn't have money problems. No. Exactly. Well, if, that sounds good. <laughs> if you were rich, you would have more stuff and the same money problems because you haven't learned to, you know, really master that that part of your life, right? And what's when you previewed this topic and said, you know, what, do you want to get into this? What I think is so interesting is if you can handle this kind of a challenge, you can apply this to college football, pro football, whatever sport you're in, the company you're leading, your family. It's all the same world-class decision-making regardless of, as we, you know, we say we have different life arenas, right? So if you can do this in one arena, you, you know, you are practicing to do it in another arena where the stakes might be a little higher. You know, that, and, and the higher you go, Seth, uh, uh, the competition gets more ferocious. Margins can be thinner if it's a business. Uh, the Astros, the Dodgers, that's the top of the food chain and competition. Um, you still are going to face some serious challenges the higher you go. Uh, and these challenges, you may have to make a decision swiftly. So to repeat, in a challenge, in adversity, look adversity in the eye. Don't blink. Don't complain. Look at it right in the eye. Adapt to the condition. Adapt to the situation. Adapt to the circumstance. Become part of it. Understand exactly what's happening. Understand point A at this point. Of where are we? Assess what's going on. That takes a clear head. Then adjust your behavior. If you need to be more aggressive, make a decision. Be aggressive. If you need to be, play a little defense, play great defense. Make an adjustment, a tactical adjustment. Uh, if we're going to capture hill number nine and we tried to go up the right side of the hill and got blasted and we're in the Army, Seth, you and I, well, maybe, Seth, at 2 p.m., you need to run around the back and blow up something to divert their attention. I'll sneak up around the left. Make an adjustment to your tactics. Adjust your strategy. But the one thing you really never change and the one thing you don't adjust are your principles of how you're going to do business or how you're going to raise your kids or how you're going to be at work. Being honest. I'm not going to adjust that. Don't you adjust that. If honesty is important to you, don't adjust honesty. Adhere to it. Uh, adhere to the principles and adhere to the well-thought-out plan. So it's not companies behind this month, so the way we're going to adjust is tax fraud. Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, One other question, and then let's bring Alex on here. But these smaller you know, moments of AAA – are these also, you know, kind of, you know, quote unquote, workouts for those really big moments? You know, I, I brought up the, the the CEO thing where you had to go get on a charter jet and go make it right, right? Do you become a world-class decision maker one small to medium-sized piece at a time? So when those really big hurricanes hit, well, you've been I, there before. A, a just great decision maker is a great decision maker. You're not just a decision maker in the boardroom. You're a decision maker at home. Uh, no, uh, give me your phone. Your phone's taken away from you. You're not going to have a phone for 30 days. 
what? 30 days? You know, after a day and they're changed their behavior and they're awesome, do I give the phone back? Adhere to what you said. Be decisive. Great decision makers are decisive. Uh, but they all have a big plan uh, in, in their mind, and they're being that decisive. Here's something. I, I'm driving downtown Chicago. Somebody is, I can see them in the rearview mirror changing lanes. They're coming up on me. I'm in the middle lane, and they're in the outside lane, the inside lane, middle lane. I, I can see them. And here they come, and the guy zips in front of me, and then gives me the finger. I'm like, what? And at that moment, I've had a little micro adversity. It's not really adverse. He gives me a, a you know, a sign of uh, that he's not happy, and and he said and he did it with vengeance, like I did something. Um, what do I do? I think you relax. You don't allow that to bother you. Uh, now, I'm from Kentucky. We think we invented the gun rack. You know, in Kentucky, you get the gun rack and you chase the guy. But, or I react by giving him an obscene gesture back. And, and I think if you adhere to who you are, uh, that person may be their mother's in the hospital and fell off a ladder. And may, maybe someone's dying or maybe just got some bad news. Maybe just got fired. Whatever his challenges are, really, I'm going to go to his level and I'm going to allow that person to enter my car, change my mindset, change my mood? No, I don't think so. I think you uh, use AAA. You adapt, get calm, yeah, you adjust, focus on the road, ignore it, let it go, and you adhere uh, to uh, the meeting I have in 15 minutes going downtown. Let's go ahead and bring on a great example of how to do this whole AAA thing, uh, and let's get into our conversation with Alex Remart. Well, I'd like to welcome one of my favorite clients, uh, a young uh, college quarterback, uh, University of Akron, the Zips, Alex Remart. Alex, welcome to the Jim Fannett Show. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. You know, Alex, I've known you for over a year. Uh, we've talked quite a bit about AAA, uh, how an athlete or how anyone actually can adapt to the situation or the condition or the circumstance. Also make adjustments, uh, swift ones. And, uh, you know, as a college quarterback, uh, uh, there's the audible where you can use to adjust to a situation. Uh, the, the conditions on the field uh, can be muddy. They can be in a dome. Uh, there's all kinds of different conditions, obviously, you have to adapt to that. But the, the last part is to adhere to a plan, adhere to your own principles. Uh, you know, it could be adhering to the game plan that the, that the head coach has set up. But this also applies to life. So I, I'm excited to have you on the show. Uh, I'm excited because uh, uh, you are going to, you are uh, and will be a formidable force uh, for Akron. Uh, you're, you are a freshman, uh, so you're in, you had a very successful high school career, but you had an experience that had nothing to do with football. Well, kind of football, but it, it involved uh, also your girlfriend uh, talking about using right. AAA in an emergency, you know, a little roadside assistance. Give, give the audience a little uh, 
heads up on, on what happened to you a few weekends ago. Um, okay, well, let's see. So um, I'm redshirting, so I don't, I don't travel with the team to away games. And uh, we, had, we had one of our quarterbacks uh, get hurt. And uh, before he got hurt, I, uh, I made this big plan uh, to have my girlfriend come and visit me for the weekend because it was going to be a three-day weekend. We were going to have a lot of time together, and it was going to be really awesome. We were going to celebrate our three-year anniversary. Uh, we had dinners planned. Um, I was going to give her a promise she to, ring. She had to fly oh. in, right? She had to fly in to, to Akron. Yep. yep, exactly. And, uh, and, and I was supposed to go pick her up and everything. Um, and so then we have one of our quarterbacks get hurt in, in an emergency. Our offensive coordinator needs me to come uh, on the trip. And I don't get told this until like a day, a day and a half before uh, Jade comes. And um, so as he tells me, I'm kind of scrambling around. I'm like, oh, man. And uh, I, I'm not exactly sure what to do, but um, I figured it out. And, you know, that's not even the, the start of it. You know, that's <laughs> I've kind of just set off that set off the whole weekend. Uh, so that happened. We figured a plan out for how everything was going to work out. I'd get back, uh, and we'd only we'd only lose around like twelve hours, and so that would that was okay. I had someone. I was going to have someone give her my keys. Uh, we hired a car service to come get her from the airport. Uh, everything was going to go smooth, and um, we weren't going to lose too much time. You're adjusting, um, and so adjusting exactly, um, and so then. Uh, the person that was going to help me out with the keys, he kind of fell through. So what I ended up having to do is put my keys in the gas cap of my truck. Um, and the driver was going to drive her to my truck and she'd have to get the keys from the gas cap and then um, kind of sneak into the building because they, they check the ID on uh, what the people are. So we don't have any strangers coming in or anything. So that, that, was, that was another one. And then when we get to uh, Western Michigan to play Western Michigan, all of a sudden it was just complete monsoon season and um, the whole entire field gets flooded and we can't play until the next day. So then we lose a whole nother day and we play the next day. Um, so that was kind of just crazy. And then, and, as and then, I mentioned you had, before, then you had a surprise. Yeah. As I mentioned before, I was going to give her a promise ring. And, um, you know, I three years and I absolutely love the girl. And I, I, um, and I was super excited to give this to her and as I, I give it to her and she loves it and we're all excited, uh -huh. you know, and, uh, she goes to put it on her finger and it's about a size and a half too big. <laughs> and so we're like, Oh, great. Now we got to go get a new, a new, uh, new ring size. And, uh, so we're like, okay, you know what? We'll just go get a new ring size on our way to dinner the next day. Um, so then we go to dinner and we go to uh, the store to get the new ring size and they don't have another ring size there. So we're like, okay, well, dinner ends early. We'll go to another one after dinner. So then we go to dinner and somehow I end up breaking the parking, uh, the parking stick at the uh, entrance to a parking garage. And um, so <laughs> that, that was crazy. And then, then we go to the store and uh, they have another size ring. And Jade says it fits and it's all good. And then later on at night, we realized that it was actually too small. So, um, so let, let's, let's so. put this in perspective. You have a blueprint for an amazing three-year anniversary weekend. Your girlfriend Correct. from high school, you said three years, she's flying yep. in uh, a couple-hour flight. Uh, she's flying in. Where does she go to school? Uh, Clemson. So she's flying in from Clemson to see you in Akron. Uh, right. You have the ring hidden in your room. 
<laughs> yep. She can't even, uh, you know, you're going to surprise her. Uh, now you're called away. Uh, you're not there Friday night. You're now not going to be there Saturday night. And you have to tell her, right. did, did you tell her that it was hidden in the room? I mean, not that she would go through your room, but she might. I mean. Yeah, exactly. I had to just in case she would needed to, because uh, I have uh, some things that she needed in a couple of the drawers. And I told her, I was like, look, there's a three drawer cabinet right next to the bed. Like you cannot go into the middle drawer. There's stuff you need in the first drawer and there's stuff you need in the third drawer. The middle drawer is off limits. <laughs> oh my goodness. So, so Alex, your week, weekend was completely turned upside down. Uh, your plans were shattered. Your girlfriend who's flown in is there two days by herself uh, in your room uh, with your gift that she's not supposed to see. And you, when you finally get back, uh, even when you gave her the ring, it doesn't fit. And then in all the panic, uh, you actually broke uh, a guard gate uh, at a parking garage. So it's pretty, you, know, you could easily have a bad day, a bad weekend and be negative. How did you handle it? You know, it's, uh, it's funny with all that even going on, that was probably one of the best weekends her and I've ever had together. Just, uh, <laughs> Almost I together. think probably. Right. And I think probably it's because of all that and that happened. And it's going to be a great story one day to tell, you know, around the dinner table. And um, it's just, you know, we, we kept our heads high the whole time. And we were like, you know what? We know what's going to happen. We're, we got to keep adjusting. We got to, we just got to know that eventually we're going to get together and we're going to figure things out. And, um, and we did. And we made the best of it. And we had an amazing weekend together. So if we look at AAA, uh, you adapted to a situation that was beyond your control. Uh, yep. You adjusted to show her the ring later and then get a new ring and eventually a, another ring after that. But you adhered, <laughs> yeah. you, you adhered to the bottom line, this is going to be a great weekend. Uh, we are exactly. going to celebrate uh, being in love 36 months, three years. And Triple uh, A bailed you out, and you and you stayed in the zone. Uh, I, I want to switch this now just to the zone because obviously it turned out to be a zone weekend, and it's obviously right. memorable. Um, talk to me about the zone from your perspective and uh, how you put it on like an overcoat, and how how it's how it's played in your life in all facets, and and definitely on the football field. Tell me about the zone. Um, you know, it's really, it's, it's really great actually, you know, and it's affected, it's affected my life overall just in a huge manner. And, um, you know, before, um, I'd find myself kind of getting into it and then not really knowing what it is. And then, um, after you and I started working together, kind of realizing what it is and then getting to that point where I could put it on like an overcoat. And, um, it's just, I think it's given me a huge advantage in life over a lot of people. And it's, I can, I can see, um, just kind of how, how my life is and how I, how I have just a great time and how other people can either be like super disappointed or negative or, um, not enjoyable, you know, throughout their life. And I'm just constantly in the zone. <laughs> I don't know any other way to kind of explain it, but it's just, um, it's just a daily thing, you know? Now, Alice, can you walk me into your life before you really, you know, pinpointed 
with Jim's help being in the zone on and off the field, right? Because when we talk about AAA, adjust, adhere, adapt, right? Uh, there's a unique quality to football that, man, there's just so much that cannot go according to plan. I mean, if you, if you look at basketball, right. five guys on the court, I mean, LeBron James could probably drag a junior college to the NBA championship some years, right? But man, there's something about football that because it takes so many people working together so intricately, you know, you may have a game where you lose somebody because of academics, because of the flu, because of a mild injury, because of a family emergency. And then all of a sudden, you know, you don't have the offensive line that you normally have. And you've got to go in and still lead that team, right? So, you know, I'm assuming you kind of grew up in the quarterback position. How much were you yeah. rattled by changes or by events beyond your control before working with Jim and finding the zone? Um, you know, it, bef- before working with Jim, it, it, it was getting to a point where sometimes, I mean, earlier on, it was really bad. And I, I'd have let it affect me pretty severely. And uh, it would almost be detrimental to either the game or the uh, the team. And uh, I'd, have, I'd get a pretty negative attitude and it'd show and um, it just kind of influenced everyone. But um, but after I started working with Jim, it was just, it was really great. And it started turning everything around and being a huge influencer positively throughout um, throughout the team and throughout the game. And people could just feel it, you know? Um, so before it was kind of a mess. <laughs> You know, you know, Alec. When I first, uh, you know, met you by phone, uh, I made a comment that you're more than a football player. Uh, right. Did that take pressure off of you? Yeah, it did actually. Because I, but, uh, before that, I really identified myself as I am a quarterback. You know, I'm not, I'm not a great son, or I, I'm not a great boyfriend, but I am a quarterback. You know, and so uh, that just really helped me understand that I'm way more than that. And I have a lot more different qualities and attributes that contribute to my life and who I am. And I, and I, I, I saw you do something uh, that a lot of athletes your age don't always do. Uh, and that's assume a, a leadership role. I know you led your, your team to, uh, to the state, uh, you know, the championship. Uh, you all had a great se- best season, I believe, in your school's history in Texas, uh, and, and you played in front of some pretty big crowds down there too. This is uh, yeah, for sure. This, yeah, this is Major League High School football in Texas. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know your your leadership. Tell me about how your leadership uh, skills have grown, and and what is leadership? Um, I think uh, a big part of leadership for me is being able to influence everyone else in a positive manner to help them keep getting towards the goal that we're all working for um, to get to, you know? And um, I think I I was really able to step into a leadership role and uh, because uh, at my high school, we had, our team was pretty negative and um, we were, everyone was kind of an individual type player. And uh, I think I was able to step in and kind of bring everyone together um, and I mean, it wasn't just me. I think part of, part of the leadership is being able to let others lead as well and, uh, kind of help them get into that role. So it's a kind of collective unit of leadership, not just one individual, you know, Alex, I want to go into staying in the present, uh, as an athlete, because, you know, 
you win the high school yeah. championship, you have the best year that uh, the school's ever had. That hype is building and building and building, and your peers want to talk to you about it. And you know, I'm assuming that other parents and the media are paying attention. And Jim talks about how right. too much of that drags you into the past, drags you out of the future, and you win in the present. So can you just walk me through yeah. how you handled that pressure and how Jim guided you, you know, using this system guided you to be able to just stay right in, in the present? Yeah. Uh, you know, he, he gave me some great advice and is like, uh, before I would always be kind of obsessed about kind of articles and uh, wanting to see my name in the newspaper or on TV or whatever. But then after that, I kind of just, I, after I started working with Jim, I realized like, I don't need to know. That. I don't need to read that. I don't need to see that just because I know in uh, other kind of medias, you know? And um, so just staying in the present really helped me just stay who I am and not get uh, so hyped about myself or down about myself and really just being able to stay true to what I am and what I do. Well, I, 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 I'm not going to take credit for your success. I'm not, I, I have to tell you, <laughs> I, I'm not, I mean, I did give you a lot of tools. We had a lot of late night discussions, uh, but you did it. Uh, you're one of the most disciplined athletes I've coached. And that, that's, a, you know, that's a big statement for me to say. I've coached, obviously, some great professionals and some Hall of Famers. Um, it's yeah, been refreshing. Well, it, it's, it's the truth. And, and you did it. You've been consistent. Uh, you go to bed happy. You wake up happy. And the other thing, uh, you've, you've adhered, which is part of AAA, adhere to a plan. You've got a long-term plan. You've got a short-term plan at, at Akron. You've got a long-term plan. Uh, you know, you, you would love to be drafted and, and be an all-pro in the NFL. A lot of athletes have that dream. You actually have a plan, and you're doing everything to manifest it. How have you found a way to, you know, to navigate college and successfully and maturely when a lot of people fall apart? Uh, I've really just, I've, I've kind of found a groove of where, 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 what I need, know, what I know I need to do. And, um, I just, I've stuck to it and I, I'm like, this is, this is what's going to get me to where I need to go. And I need to stay with this path or else I can definitely fall off the deep end. And I've seen some people do that already, uh, where they're like, yeah, this is what I want. And then this is what I'm going to do. And they just don't follow it. Um, so I think just finding, finding that, that groove that you need to get into and, uh, kind of putting a plan together. Well, and, and it's not only creating a plan. You created this plan for yourself in all facets of your life. Now, you've got great parents, so definitely that helps. But I think the biggest thing is you've been self-disciplined. You've really committed to the plan, and you've stuck with yeah, it. Yeah, sticking to it. And, and, and you're still having fun and being your genuine, awesome self. <laughs> so <laughs> Yeah, for sure. Well, listen, Alex, I, I know you're off to, to a class right now. You're running right now. I, we don't want you to be uh, late. Yeah, uh, yeah, you're more than a football player. You are a guy that has to pass his 12-15 class. <laughs> 12, yeah, so thanks so much. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Thanks so much. We'll talk yeah, soon. Yeah, no, thank you so much. All right, talk to you soon. Bye, Alex. My favorite uh, part of the Jim Fannin Show you can submit your question at askjim at jimfannon.com. That's askjim at jimfannon.com. Interesting um, zone moment that I actually had this weekend as, as far as questions go. I actually popped into a, an electronic store to just grab something real quick that I needed. And did, you, did you pay for it? I did. Oh, oh, all right. All right. I just, I, 
You went in and grabbed something. I'm just I'm trying to get the gather the information. And I I run into a guy I haven't seen since college, and you know it, it kind of takes a second for like the gears to turn over, like you know, like oh hey I I haven't seen you in he's you know may may, may have seen him in seven or eight years, right? And turns out since then he's you know started his own business. He's growing like crazy. And uh, by the way, shout out to uh, Mike Williams, who I'm probably going to see this week. Pretty avid listener of the Jim Fannin show. All unbeknownst to me, found it on my social media. Hey, right? Mike. Um, and I, I started talking about like how you know I just said, oh man, I just had uh, October was the best month I've had so far as an entrepreneur in my life. And then Jim said to me, like, okay, we're not going to stop it. Pretty good here. And he and I started talking about that. Um, so what is the danger? Help you know help unpack this for the audience. What is the danger of of saying, oh, man, that was pretty good. And, you know, in, in pro sports, this would be, you know what? I We are having a great July as a baseball team. This is pretty good. It's really fun to win in front of people, but you're not focused on what's next. You're not focused on the playoffs. You're not focused on the World Series. You know, how does like some success kind of wind up lulling you into complacency? Because he and I were just talking about, hey, this is going well, but man, According to what we're hearing on the Jim Fannin show, that could actually be the thing that really cuts off your like really high level success sometimes. Well, lions don't hunt when their bellies are full. And it's easy to get our belly full of some successes. You're only as great as the day after greatness. You're only as great as the day after greatness. So you take the Astros, they have a great performance. They make miraculous comeback. They win in 10 innings, 13 to 12. You're only as great as the day after greatness. And the day after greatness, you just want to hit a high daily standard. I I think the key to being successful is not always having zone moments all the time. Those those are great. Uh, But can you hit a high positive standard? a minimum requirement for a satisfactory, solid performance. Greatness is hitting that standard over a long period of time. We're jaded as Americans watching TV, seeing zone moments. Oh, that was great. Did you see that play? Oh, my gosh. Did you see that dunk? That was a, What a catch. That was great. And I think we throw around greatness a little too, too much. Hit a standard. That's really the key, and um, and that's how you should talk to everybody. So maybe you're not great, and it's not measured as great, but I'm solid. I, I'm hitting high daily standards every single day. Life is very good for me, and, and it's not just the words that you say. It's how you convey it, and it's being genuine. Uh, that's why I want everyone to... Uh, to really inspect your greetings. How are you? I'm awesome. I'm two levels above awesome. And uh, that's pretty unusual today. So how you interact, uh, you're really reflecting your internal mindset. Are you more toward the positive or are you more toward the negative? What kind of person are you? And, and I'll challenge everybody. You can't hold a positive and a negative thought simultaneously. It's not possible. You're either one or the other, and you have free will. Why not choose positivity? But you've got to choose positivity, especially when the crap hits the fan. 
when things don't don't meet expectations. That's when everybody gets upset. We vi- you know, last week we talked about visualization and seeing it as if it's so, seeing it as it will be. We even broke down visualization 101 and how to do it. What happens when your vision doesn't turn into reality? Uh, Keep the vision, make an adjustment, adapt, but adhere to what you want. Just keep hitting that high daily standard, that minimum requirement for a satisfactory, solid performance according to you. I love uh, fan questions, and especially with all the you know success that you have had helping the top performers in pro sports achieve their best. I'm always interested to see. Well, what you're let, let me let's rephrase that. It, it's the success my clients have had. Your clients have had, <laughs> not me. Uh, I, I'm sometimes a seeing eye dog. Uh, if someone uh, can't see the forest for the trees, but uh, you know the clients do all the heavy lifting. They do all the work, just like. Uh, uh, Alex uh, remarked, uh, he's the one that did it. He gets the accolades, not me. Hey, Jim, do, uh, the media is already talking about the Cleveland Cavaliers and Golden State Warriors' fourth meeting in the finals as if it's pretty much a done deal, which, side note, as a member of the media, that seems like it's a little bit of not responsible journalism to be saying that at this point in the year. Well, I don't uh, think it's a done deal. I, I, I think uh, it may be. May, may turn happen. out to be a done yeah. deal. On, on paper, it looks like a done deal. Uh, but Golden State's lost two home games. Uh, they've gotten battered and, and bruised uh, uh, in the last week. Uh, they had a couple of upsets. Um, you know, one of their players got ejected, and that, that caused them to, to lose a game. Cleveland's struggling, finding their way. Uh, but the cream always rises to the top. But you got to look at Houston. Uh, uh, they're formidable. Uh, you look around the league, uh, there are teams that can definitely beat Golden State on any, any given night, Golden State uh, and, and Cleveland. But I think in a best-of-seven matchup, uh, wow, it's really hard to discount both those teams. But I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, this could be an interesting year in the NBA. Uh, part two of that, of that question, just to, to get your thoughts – when you've got the media saying Cleveland Golden State, man, this thing's a done deal, who does that distract more? The the teams that are not being mentioned, or does it pull Golden State and Cleveland too much into the past or into the future? So who actually, if they listen too much to the media, is disadvantaged? Well, I I think it can fire up a team that's not <laughs> uh, Golden State or Cleveland, and I I think uh, there is a challenge of being overconfident. Uh, and assuming that you're just going to do something. So that's, that's a constant challenge for a champion is to repeat. And, uh, but I think Golden State, I think Cleveland, they're just going to reach a high standard. Uh, they're going to elevate it. I think their standard right now is low uh, compared to what they've been in the past. And um, I think they have good coaches. I think they have great leadership, and I think they'll figure that out. Uh, but complacency really comes when having your belly full, you know? And just, you know, if I can quote you here, you know, the, the Warriors mindset, when you step onto that court, when you step on that field, I have no past, I have no future, I am right here, right? Uh, yeah, I, I had the, the champion wins first, 
and then walks into the arena. Everybody walks else walks into the arena. They try to figure out, all right, wh- what do I do? Where do I go? What, what What's going on? Uh, the champion already has won. Um, and the warrior mantra, uh, as you walk in with a plan, tactics, strategy under your arm, I have no future. I have no past. My goal is to make the present last. I'm in the now. Let's do this thing. And um, you can add whatever you want to at the end, but I have no future. I have no past. My goal is to make the present last. I'm here. Let's do it. And uh, that's being in the moment. When you're in the moment, so many good things happen. You have heightened awareness. Uh, You see things uh, before other people see things. Uh, Also, when your mind is clear, uh, you'll be able to tap into that amazing intuition, which is really one of the hallmarks of a great champion, to have that intuitive vibe and then act on it, be decisive with it. We always close the show out in the Zone Cafe so you can get what you need. But before that, a little bit of a, a, a bonus here as we go into these next few weeks and months. So the book is called The Blueprint. You can grab it. Uh, you can pre-order it on Amazon right now for its February 6th release date. And you and I were texting last week. And as I you know, got lucky enough to get into this thing early, I, I you know, had texted you and just said, Oh man, I, I really get it now. Like doing the podcast, I get it, but now I really get it because I, reading the book helps me realize how much my thoughts were in chaos. Even though I'm, you know, well, I'm Seth, the, there, there's science. There's science about that. You know, the average human has sixty five percent of your thoughts from the time you wake up to the time you go to bed. Sixty five percent of our thoughts are in natural chaos. If you think about just before you everybody started listening to the show right now, do some inventory on what you were thinking. Uh, thoughts are three seconds here, two seconds there. I'm hungry. I got to meet Betty's at one. And you can go so many different directions in such a short amount of time. Uh, chaos thinking is natural for most people. And if you have a blueprint, and you've taken that blueprint and segregated down into quarter, month, week, day, this particular meeting, uh, you can really eliminate a lot of chaos. We'll still have some. Uh, if you're connected to social media, you'll have some chaotic thoughts because you've allowed social media to come in with whatever subject uh, they're talking about in your feeds. But uh, uh, I think less is more. Less thoughts, the better. And uh, that is the mark of the champion warrior. I'm going to go ahead and do a page here right before we go out of the Zone Cafe, if that's cool. Something that just really hit home with me. Again, the book is called The Blueprint. You can pre-order right now on Amazon to get that on the February 6th release date. From Chapter 4, Christopher Columbus was returning to Spain from the New World in 1492 above his, uh, aboard his single hull wooden ship, the I, Santa Maria. First of all, Seth, I was not there at that time. <laughs> I, I just, I, this is not a firsthand uh, thing. I just want you to know that. It was December 24th, and Columbus hadn't slept for several days, uh, which, by the way, that's, that's a score breaker right there. Yes. Not sleeping for yes. several days. Come on, Chris. With a calm sea, he and his steersman decided to sleep while a cabin boy took the helm. With no expert at the wheel, the strong currents carried the ship into a sandbank and the hull slowly filled with water and eventually sank. Most mines are like the ship, the Santa Maria. 
Like a single whole ship, we place everything in our minds in one big container. If we have a conflict in our business, the negative residue immediately pours into other parts of our life. As you enter your home, uh, you bellow at anyone who will listen. Today was a nightmare. I hate my job. From there, it's easy to misread the people you love as everyone scrambles to avoid the gaze. Keep this going and the negativity uh, spillage can readily poison the overall home atmosphere. Eventually, uh, one can sink into despair, worry, anxiety, fear, or even depression. This is how a bad day happens. Today's new super tanker ships have divided their hulls into multiple self-contained compartments. Then, in the case of a reefer iceberg penetrating that part of the ship, the damage is contained and sealed off uh, so that the ship can limp to a safe harbor. Because life is chaotic, each of my clients has segregated his or her life into standalone containers called life arenas. A bad experience at work or at home can be contained. Going home happy to see the people you love takes priority and has nothing to do with business. The toughest arenas that require the greatest performances are not the Masters, Olympics, or Super Bowl. That, that made me stand up and take notice. The arenas that demand the highest standards of human effort are your daily arenas. Self, family, friends, and profession. You must not take any part of your life for granted as they all require focus and attention. These arenas are intangible. They are particular uh, spheres of influence that stand alone, separate, and independent. They contain all of your thoughts, both positive and negative. Life arenas collectively contain all of your daily thoughts. Man, that just really struck with me because I realized how much I don't need to be in chaos when I'm, you know, managing a growing company with, you know, four people and multiple clients to be thinking about inside and outside that I don't need to carry over something I can't control from, you know, one area to another. Case in point. Well, uh, just like with Alex's uh, remark uh, that we had on the air, you're you're more than a businessman. You know, you're an awesome uh, spouse, uh, an awesome son. And not only on a sheet of paper segregating your life into the arenas, can you think in arenas? Can you go to school like Alex is in class right now. And when that class is over, can he turn his academic brain off and turn on the football brain as he goes off to practice? Can he contain it? And the answer is you can contain it. Uh, but first you need a little blueprint. I mean, I take a sheet of paper and you'll probably have no more than eight to 10 arenas in your life. We all have a self arena. Uh, that's my hygiene and my spirituality, and uh, these are all my daily habits, uh, just me, nobody else. Uh, can you contain them? And, and the answer is you can contain them once you've identified them. But you need to identify the different parts of your life. And then you're going to wake up and go, you know, I don't spend any thoughts on being a sibling. I don't spend any thoughts on that. The only time I think about my siblings if one of us has a challenge or or if something's wrong with mom or dad or uh, I got to see them at Thanksgiving or Christmas, which is coming up. So if you do a once a week inventory of these arenas and kind of see what your thoughts are, what they've been, uh, I think you're going to have a much better, simple, balanced, abundant life. And hey... We can't push the date of the book up, you know, because that's controlled by the publisher. But what I can promise you is we're going to keep giving you snapshots, keep giving you bites in every single episode up through February 6th so that you can start to put this some of these tactics in place 
right now. No, nothing great happens without a blueprint. Nothing. Let's go into the Zone Cafe as we send you back out into your best week ever. Well, as uh, the listeners on, on the show know, uh, the Zone, there, there are five elements that once they're at a high level, uh, chemicals in the body change in a positive way. And the zone, that purposeful, calm feeling that nothing can go wrong arrives. And you can get these five ingredients at the Zone Cafe. So you're in your car, you're pulling up to the drive-up window, and Seth, you can only order one item today. Uh, You can come back, drive around the block, come back in an hour and order something else, uh, or maybe even order some more of what you've already ordered, but you can only order one. So on our menu, you can have a giant bowl of self-discipline, blueprint, strategy, tactics, patience uh, to adhere to that blueprint, self-discipline. And you can apply that to anything in your life. So you can order a bowl of that, take it away right now, or you can order a big bag of concentration. That's going to help you focus on the tasks that lead to goals that take you to a vision or dream. And that narrowed focus is something that's definitely missing in a lot of people today. Seth, maybe you need to order that. But you can also order, if you'd like, a big slab of optimism, confidence, trust, belief, expectancy. It's all in that slab, in the ingredients under optimism. And with optimism... Boy, you'll have a sense of knowing and maybe a little swagger. Maybe that's what you need. Or you could have a big, tall, giant, refreshing drink of relaxation. Ah, you know, as soon as you take that sip of relaxation, your breathing goes down under 10 breaths a minute. Serotonin flows into the bloodstream. Your jaw unhinges. You can almost feel peace come over you. You can order that, but maybe, maybe you'd like a big plate of enjoyment, a whole bunch of laughs, a few yucks, uh, get some dopamine into the blood stream, you know, a little enthusiasm, little excitement, a little pep in your step. Maybe it's some passion that you need. Seth, you got to place an order. What do you need? What do you need for this week as you drive off from the Zone Cafe? You know, I'm going to tie this into last week. By the way, these episodes build off of each other. So go back and grab the last episode on visualization. So I really hit the visualization element hard, met some great new people last week. So I am taking a huge, huge portion of optimism as I, you know, talk to some new people, set up some new business, create some new relationships, going with the optimism. Whatever you need, you can order it at the Zone Cafe. And uh, I'd work on that one thing for the next couple of days at least. Do you need self-discipline, concentration, optimism, relaxation, and enjoyment? And all together, that are, these are the ingredients that will attract the purposeful calm that athletes have called for a long time, the zone. And the zone? Oh, it's the only place to be. And Seth, until next time, I want you to have an awesome week. Be in the zone, and everybody, let's have an incredible next seven days.
Radio Influence brings you the absolute best in digital audio broadcasting. We've got something for everyone. Sports personalities like the fabulous sports babe, Rich Herrera, and former Major League Baseball manager Kevin Kennedy as they take you inside the dugout. We'll take you inside the world of MMA with the MMA Report with Jason Floyd, the MMA Insiders, and the Valor Hour with Tim Loy and Casey Oxidine. Or you could find yourself sitting ringside with wrestling ring announcer David Penzer. TV law enforcement analyst and former police officer Vincent Hill breaks down this week's biggest crime stories and takes you beyond the badge. Chef Brian Duffy from TV's Bar Rescue shares his crazy life on the road with Duffified Live. And Scott Ledger will always make you think with some dangerous conversation. All of Radio Influence's shows can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, and RadioInfluence.com. 